0: What's going on? Welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel and We begin our player recaps on this Monday as we'll go through the next few weeks and evaluate all of the players within the Pelicans that played over 500 minutes. That's our criteria. Of course, Jim, I can offer with me as always from Pelicans.com. And our first guest today is Will Guillory of the Athletic. We just had him on, but we love Will so much that we we begged him to come back and talk about Brandon Ingram. And he luckily said yes for us as as well. We appreciate you a friend of the program. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing well, man. You guys know I'm willing to come on anytime you guys want me any day, anytime I'm here, man. Just
0: hit me up. Will's a man of the people. He's a friend of the program. Um, Will, what have you been doing with your time off? It's been almost a week now. You know, are you just taking a, a, a breath basically now that you have a little bit more time? No game nights to worry about? Yeah,
1: basically, man, I've been enjoying, you know, these playing games, you know, it's been a lot of fun watching what's going on with that, uh, seeing all the madness on Twitter <laughs> mm-hmm. after all of these games and just uh, getting ready for these playoffs, man. I think it's going to be a, a fantastic playoffs. And we thought last year in the bubble was great, but I think this year could be just as fun because it feels like, you know, it's just up in the air at this point. We don't really know who's going to the finals, who's even going to the conference finals. So it's going to be a fun playoff run.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But today we focus in on Brandon Ingram and ask you both a a couple of questions here on BI and I'll start with you, Will, and I'll go to Jim. Just overall, coming off the Most Improved Player Award, how would you rate this season for Brandon Ingram?
1: Yeah, I think... um... I think this was a really interesting year for B.I., because I think in a lot of ways you can look, if you look purely at his, you know, counting stats, points, rebounds, assist, field goal percentage, it's eerily similar to what he did last year. All of the numbers are almost exactly the same. I think the only thing he kind of dropped off on was rebounds, which was expected because he played so much at the four last year was Zion out. So have playing more of the three this year next to two bigs, you would expect his rebounds to go down a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, his counting stats were about the same, but it still felt like at certain parts of the season, he wasn't quite where we thought he would be at this point, year two with the Pelicans. Uh, but I think overall, you got to be really excited about the fact that that combination of him and Zion, it, it felt like they started to make some real strides together. Now that they had uh, some extended time to play together figure out how to work off of each other. And I think that's one of the the big bright notes coming off of this season is that the two pillars of your franchise really know how to play together and make each other better on the court.
2: Yeah. I think I asked him the, during the season recap day, the day after the season ended, you know, if there was an area that he thought that he was happy with in terms of improvement that he made. And he mentioned assists. That was one area that did go up, but it wasn't a drastic difference from the year before as Will said, I think some of how he was used in the lineups that he played in affected a lot of, you know, where he was on the court in terms of what, what, what spaces he was in. So that was part of it. And, and obviously bringing Zion back impacted his assists as well. But um, overall, I think even Brandon himself was pretty readily admitting, admitting and acknowledging that he, he I think he used the word disappointment as far as the season overall. I think he's at a point of his career where you really do look a ton more at wins and losses. The previous season, he won most improved player um, because he made a bunch of jumps in free throw shooting, three point shooting, and people looked a lot more at his individual play. But now he's at the point where even if he had made some more statistical improvements this year, people weren't going to be as generous in terms of their evaluations of him based on the fact that the team didn't improve a lot. They really only, they won one more game than they did in the previous 72 games, uh, schedule and season. So, I mean, that's really what he's looking at. I think right now is, um, some, you know, we want to see him keep improving, but it's really about wins and losses now that he's
0: going to be going into his sixth season next year. We'll get to, I'm glad he mentioned B.I. and Zion together. will we'll get to that in a second, but I want to go piggyback to Jim here as he talks about improvement. So with B.I. and the numbers that he is putting up, which are still not bad at all when you look at Brandon Ingram, what he's been able to do. So what areas does he need to focus on? Is that more on the defensive side of the ball that he can maybe improve on? Or is there something on the offensive end that really sticks out? Jim, I'll go to you first and then I'll get Will.
2: Yeah, I think it's probably – I don't know what the percentage would be if I had to just pick a random number. It seems like it's probably 90% the focus is on the defensive end. He knows that that's an area that he has to improve upon. And just how that affects the rest of the team as well. I mean, I don't think – we've talked about this, I think a lot over the last couple of years that almost regardless of who's on the court, the offense hasn't really ever been that big of a problem. It might've dipped down team wise in the last part of the season, which was partly understandable because of all of the key players that were injured and, and on the sidelines. But even so, I don't think it was ever, it wasn't a, to the point where you were like, oh, how are they going to get to a hundred points tonight? Or they're really struggling at that end of the floor. So I, I think the focus for, for BI and just is very similar to the team overall that they, they really need to bear down on the defensive end. And if that, that needs to be the emphasis of how do they get, try to get better next season?
1: Yeah, for me, I think there's no doubt it's the defense. And I think, you know, at times he has difficulty, you know, really staying locked in. There's a few times every game you see, he kind of falls asleep on a weak side. He he allows a guy to cut back door or he loses a guy on a screen or something like that. And I think some of that is just, you know, Guys getting more mature, more comfortable with Stan Van Gundy's uh, defensive scheme. And really, I I would like to see next year the Pelicans really challenge B.I. more often to really take on some of these big-time matchups. It felt like a lot of times they were kind of hiding him on a shooter in the corner or, you know, somebody, whoever, Josh Hart wasn't defending on the wing or or something like that. And I would like him to really take on that challenge more often because I think he has that in him. I think, you know, obviously he has the length, he has the quickness to defend some of these guys, if you're not going to be that focal point of the offense like he was year one in New Orleans, with more and more uh, of the, the half court possessions filtering filtering through Zion, I think B.I. needs to find more ways to make an impact defensively. And I think that's one way. And offensively, I would just like to see him uh, be a little bit more consistent getting to the rim. I thought that was one surprising thing this year. You know, the, the spacing wasn't as great, you know, with Steven Adams and Zion down there. Uh, but, you know, I looked at the, n- the numbers before we came on the pod Uh, last year. uh, Well, this year he shot 19 percent of his shots at the rim and his first season in New Orleans it was up around 32 percent. So that's a big drop from 32 to 19 percent. And I think that says a lot Uh, in the the other part that's connected to that number is he went from 36 percent of his shots mid-range year one in New Orleans to 49 percent this year almost half of his shots this year was from the mid-range and obviously B.I. is a mid-range assassin he hits those shots as well as anybody but you know the more efficient shots are at the rim you get to the free throw line more often when you're going to the rim so I think I want to see him just be more attack minded next year getting to the rim and also just taking on the challenge more often defensively I think those are two ways he can improve his game.
2: You know, to to add a little bit to that too, I mean, I don't have any specific number for this, but it did seem like anecdotally he didn't get out on, he didn't have as many fast break scores either where, I mean, you see how dangerous he is at six, seven, six, eight, and how long he is when he can get out in the open court. So that's another thing I want to see. It's not necessarily specifically just on him, but for the team defense to be more disruptive, cause some more turnovers, and just be able to get out on fast breaks where he can get easy baskets. I think you could say the same thing about Zion as well, that both of those guys, with how with how talented they are and how great offensive players they are, we'd love to see them be able to get a couple more easy baskets per game that they don't have to work super hard for, where Zion has to go through three or four guys to get to the rim. So um, that kind of goes hand-in-hand, hand, though, with the defense being better. I, I think it's a pretty big missed opportunity when you have those two guys that you can get out in the open floor and you're not really playing the kind of defense that – Um, prevents you from having to take the ball out of the basket all the time.
1: And it's something we heard from Stan, you know, almost after every game, it felt like this year where he always compared B.I. and Zion. He said, hey, if you look at the other great duos in the league, LeBron and A.D., Tatum and Jalen Brown, Kawhi and Paul George, it feels like I can run through the same names he said every time. All of those guys are great offensively, but they're also great defensively. They're great two-way players. That's what make those duos so successful. And it feels like Zion and B.I. aren't going to really make that jump to the elite status until they can become a elite two-way players, not just guys who can put up big numbers on the offensive end.
0: When you look at those two, let's talk about B.I. And, and Zion, because, of course, they are the cornerstone pieces for this ball club. And, and I feel like I remember hearing B.I. talk about this a couple of weeks ago. He feels like those two playing alongside each other, are just scratching the surface. Like they really haven't focused too much on how well they can complement each other on the floor. So, Will, I, I know you were doing some deep, a deeper dive on this throughout the season as far as those two together – So where do they complement each other on the court that they maybe can do a little bit more of come next season? And Jim, I'll get your thoughts on just the duo itself as far as on their court, how they play.
1: I think once they really made that transition to point Zion and allow him to you know handle the ball a little bit more on a perimeter, uh, I think that made the game a little bit easier for B.I. I Uh, I think early in the season, especially during the first month of the season, it felt like every half-court possession was B.I. pick and roll top of the key, him going one-on-five and he had some success doing that but that's just a tough life to live, man (laughs) for a 6'7", 6'8", guy running that many pick and rolls, you know, getting trapped, uh, having multiple people come at you. uh, I think having Zion take on some of that ball handling responsibility, opened the game up for B.I., allowed him to, you know, get more of those spot-up threes, cutting backdoor. I, I think uh, the, that's one way they, they uh, complemented each other a little bit more. And I think the, just the attention Zion draws from defenses all the time. Like having two, three people you know, coming at him every time he has the ball, it obviously makes the game easier for everybody else. And this was a number that Stan Van Gundy uh mentioned in his end of season presser. You know, year one with BI and Zion together. BI was averaging just a little bit over 20 a game. I think he had some struggles figuring out where he fit next to Zion. So much of the offense was running through Zion. Once he came back in year two, uh, B.I. was after 24 a game with Zion on the court. I believe they led the league in duos with 20 points in the same game and 30 points in the same game as well. I believe uh, they, they were one of the most productive, prolific duos in the, the NBA as far as putting up points, getting those assists. I think those guys really know how to feed off for each other. And I think you heard throughout the course of the season, Zion saying stuff like, hey, I could just give a look to B.I. and know what he's thinking. Or I uh, I can just, we can just come to each other and say, hey, I got the mismatch. It's time for me to go. And it's just those little things you figure out the more and more you play together. I think you saw that improve. Throughout the course of the season. Uh, but I think they still have some room to grow uh, as far as when to pick their spots, how to feed off of each other. I think you heard BI talk about how they didn't really play that much two-man game with Zion setting screens for BI or you know running a little pin-down plays for BI. I would like to see that where they use each other as a threat. It was, it felt a little bit my turn, your turn ish at times. And I think they need to improve that. But overall, I think it was a big success with just the way those two guys were able to produce at the same time relative. To what they did in year one.
2: Yeah, you know, it's a really good point to mention that BI averaged 23.8 points per game last season and this season. But as you kind of reference there, it's it was a different, it's a different uh, 23.8 this season because he did it with another big-time scorer out there on the court with him. I know we we all know Zion played some games as a rookie, but he only played 24, whereas this year he played the vast majority of the games. And even though it's easy to say, you know, Brandon's numbers didn't go up, they pretty much stayed the same, which is factually true. Um, It it is, it is in some ways an improvement, quote unquote, that he was able to put up the same numbers, even though there was another guy on the court that was pretty high usage and needed the ball for Zion to average. It was, I think it was around 27 points a game that he averaged. So that was definitely in the ledger of, these guys do work together and have potential to work together. I think that was definitely a plus, but I think in general, one of the things that I think everyone is excited about Brandon, you know, whether it's here in new Orleans or just across the league, watching him, he's so versatile that he can fit into, you can kind of pair him with a lot of different other players. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's so valuable that the fact that he can do so many different things that he was able to play a lot of power forward and small lineups last season. And then this season, he kind of played more of his his three-spot position and he still was was just as productive as he was the year before.
0: Good stuff there from you guys uh, really well. Um, let's, let's wrap things up here. And looking at his stats from last year, I know we talked already about what he could improve on or what the next step is for him, but looking at his stats, 47% shooting from the field, 38% from three, and 88% from the free throw line. It looks like the next step could be, which would be really impressive and how rare it is for guys to do is – being a 50 40 90 player averaging over 50 percent from the field 40 percent from three and 90 percent from three is that a realistic goal expectations for in whether it's next season or in a couple of years to come is that maybe the next step for him if we are going to talk about statistics and what he could improve on will i'll start with you and i'll wrap up with jim
1: yeah, there's no question. I, I, Jim mentioned that when you're playing with a prolific scorer like Zion, it's not like the opportunities are going to increase for B.I., right? I mean, more and more the offense is going to run through Zion. So if you're B.I., you got to figure out just how to be more uh, efficient with your opportunities and, and understanding where to get your shots and how to get good shots whenever you do get your opportunities. And it's something I mentioned earlier. I think you can see that field goal percentage in particular creep up if he starts getting to the rim a little bit more often, not rely as much on that mid-range jump, I think, you know, even if you are one of the elite mid-range shooters in the league, we saw with Anthony Davis here in uh, New Orleans, the best guys, the best of the best mid-range shooters are probably right around 42, 43 percent. You know, it's not a very efficient shot. And when you're talking about getting to the rim, most of the good guys are up around 60 plus percent. Uh, And I think uh, B.I. can be right there. So I think if he gets to the rim a little bit more often, he can see that improve. And we've seen him you know, these past two years make a huge jump with his free throw shooting. So it wouldn't surprise me if he gets closer to 90%. uh, But I I think you're right on that. He just needs to get more efficient with his shot uh, choices and and just find better ways to get good shots rather than that one dribble pull up, which we know he can hit, but it's not a shot that you can really rely on and get efficient offense every time down.
2: Yeah, I mean, I want to kind of speak... I guess to some of the specific categories, I don't think I want to predict whether he can or will do 50, 40, 90 next season. But um, I think one of the more underrated parts of this season was something we didn't talk about a lot really was his free throw percentage went from 85 to 88. So the previous season, he made an incredible improvement in that area. Obviously, once you start getting into the mid eighties and high eighties, it's harder to make a a big jump there, but still impressive that he's that close to 90% with, how often he gets to the line. And then for him to shoot 40% from three, I mean, that would be really an accomplishment because he averaged six three-point attempts per game. So to be able to do that at the volume that he's at, I mean, there's, I know there's other guys in the league that shoot more than that, but he's still, you know, one of the guys that takes a a good amount. And I I echo kind of what Will said as far as trying to get to 50% from the field. I think that's definitely within the scope of his ability to be able to get to that point where His efficiency is is, you know, to where he can shoot 50 percent from the field. I mean, he's just extraordinarily talented across the board. And I I do think that, you know, the combination of playing with Zion and having maybe more consistent guard play will allow him to to be able to get over 50 percent and maybe even into like the mid 50s percentage wise from the field.
1: And I think speaking to that uh, three-point number, I think a, a little bit of reason why you saw it drop a little bit this year because it's, it's something he talked about he wanted to add to his game was making more threes off the dribble, kind of being a threat off of pick and roll to pull up when guys back off of him in pick and roll situations. And that's something that he did more often this year. And that's a, an important part of your game to add. But that's a difficult shot. That's not a very efficient shot. Guys hit at a higher rate. And I think the more comfortable he gets with it, the better he's going to get at it. But I think Jim's exactly right. I think once you start improving your guard play and putting him in a position where he's getting more catch and shoot threes more wide open threes I think that's when you'll see that three-point percentage go up rather than the type of threes he was taking this year
0: I thought it was just going to depend on whether he heaves up shots at the end of quarters or whether he doesn't which is always a big debate between these two guys we got Jim Eichenhoff hashtag always heave and we'll had to go there Hashtag <laughs> don't do it. So maybe maybe that will help <laughs> BI a little bit. If, you know, that considers if he wants to be 50-40, he might not be able to heed those at the end of the quarter as well.
2: You know, Daniel, things were going so well, <laughs> and we were getting along so great, and all of a sudden you had to throw that into the, hey, the mix.
1: The people can't see me. I'm just over here hitting my Jordan shrug. I don't know many 50 40, <laughs> 50, 40 90 guys shooting half-court shots. I'm just saying. <laughs>
0: I think that just brings the debate to even the further conversation that we had to go there. I mean, never wills on. We have to at least talk about it because the best part is you're all, you both are never going to agree on it no matter what the situation. So I think that's what, that's what makes it better.
1: <laughs> nah, man, We're going to be two old guys in our wheelchairs and, and like our oxygen tank still arguing about this 50 years from now, for sure. I love it. Looking yeah, forward I,
0: to
2: it. <laughs> I definitely don't think I'm going to be changing my opinion anytime soon, especially when I see, Najee and Nikhil both make huge <laughs> momentum changing turning shots at the end of quarters and halves recently.
0: What about the pass back with the turnovers like the, like as far as handing it off to someone at the end of a quarter I do enjoy that a little bit whatever vet hands it off to the rookie before the buzzers hits and like there you go you can take the turnover for the quarter, is that a whole different discussion.
1: That's definitely a move that Josh Hart love. I believe he did that to Jackson Hayes last year, right he hit him with a yeah. hey here you go, Rook, take this turnover which is funny because every all of us that guys know that's not a, te- a- technically a turnover that goes on you individually. that's the a team, team turnover. turnover when it's a yeah. shot clock violation, but yeah, it's still hilarious. Cause I think Jackson reacted like uh, Josh Hart threw like a bomb in his lap or something when he gave <laughs> him the ball at the end of the shot clock. Like,
2: I don't want this. That's, so yeah, that's,
1: it's always hilarious when that happens, but no, nah, I'm I'm definitely a fan of that. I'm with Daniel on that one.
2: That makes it even funnier to me. The fact that it doesn't actually count. It's like you're, it's almost like war, hazing the guy even more when he, he thinks that he actually ended up with a turnover, but he really
0: didn't. So. I enjoy that's just, that as well. That's just testing the rookie to see if he knows. And one, I don't think the vets know either. So for both of them, it's just like, well, here you go. And it's like, one of the rookies gonna be like, fine, I'll take it. It doesn't matter. So we'll be <laughs> interesting to see how that plays out. Um, good stuff, guys. Look, we're going to be doing this for the next few weeks. I know this will not be the last time we have Will on, as we have plenty of players to get to. But great to start off with Will with Brandon Ingram. And tomorrow, Tuesday, it'll be Zion Williamson with Will's best buddy, Andrew Lopez. So he'll help break it down. And then we'll go down the list. Will, I appreciate the time, my friend, and we'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the playoffs.
1: Hey, I appreciate you guys, man. Looking forward to the next time we have a, a half-core heave argument, man. I'll be ready.
0: <laughs> I'll make sure that's the first thing we start off with in our next podcast. That's for sure. For Jim Eikenhofer and Will Guillory, I'm Daniel Souther. Make sure you follow Will on Twitter at Will Guillory and follow his work on The Athletic. And we'll talk with Jim tomorrow for Zion Williamson. Hope you all have a great rest of your Monday. Until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by CQ.